Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which this podcast is created, the Gadigal and Bidjigal people of the Eora Nation. I pay my respects to Elders past, present and emerging. Hi, I'm Ash London, reformed radio host and new mum. I'm knee deep in this whole parenthood thing and every day I find myself with more questions than I had the day before. If you're like me and want to be a parent or are a parent, but also want to keep your own dreams and interests alive, then this podcast is for you. We'll speak to famous parents, experts, mates and strangers off the internet as we figure out how to keep living our best lives, even when it feels like we have no idea what the hell we're doing. Welcome to New Mum Who Dis. Well, hello, my loves, and welcome to New Mum Who Dis. That's right, new podcast, Who Dis. If you follow me on socials, you would have read all about my decision to rename the podcast from the Ash London podcast to New Mum Who Dis. I'll give you the quick rundown. I pretty much just knew after 40 episodes something hadn't really clicked into place and I knew that what I was supposed to be doing was just jumping headfirst into this whole parenting thing but perhaps I was a bit proud, perhaps I thought I was too cool but as soon as I decided, yep, I want to focus on the mum stuff, it just felt right and the response has been amazing so far. So let's be honest, 80-90% of the podcast so far has been about my journey, becoming Buddy's mama, getting back to work, not knowing who the hell I am anymore. Now we're just kind of making it official. So welcome. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Cars24. Now, let me begin by explaining what exactly makes them different and why I'm partnering with them. Because as you guys know, I don't often sponsor the podcast. I only do it when it makes sense and when it's a company I can get behind. First up, they're totally online and if you're anything like me, i.e. too busy to spend the day schlepping to car dealerships, then that is a win. Plus, for Metro customers in Sydney, Brisbane, Melbourne, they'll deliver your car to you in seven days or less. Not bad. All cars come with a 300-point inspection and a six-month warranty, but the best part is you get a seven-day test drive. It's like trying on shoes and then wearing them around for the week to make sure they're actually comfortable before you part with your hard-earned cash. And if we are talking about hashtag mum life, imagine getting the car seat in there, making sure there's enough room for the pram and all that jazz before you commit to the car. How glamorous is my life? Now, the best part is they're having a sale this end of financial year. You can get up to five grand off a bigger ride for the family. So skip the dealership and get a quality used car online with Cars24. Okay, it is time to get into uh, our first episode of the new season. Today I'm chatting with Eliza Hull. Now, I went to uni with Eliza a very long time ago. Ooh, oh, far out. I'm 36 nearly. And I, wow, like 17 years ago. Ah! Insane. I feel like it was yesterday. And um, I have watched her from afar ever since. Absolutely smashed it at life. She is an incredible musician and she is a mum. She's also disabled. 
She'll tell you a little bit about her disability in this podcast as we discuss a book that she has edited slash curated. It is called We've Got This and it is Stories of Disabled Parents. If you've ever wondered to yourself how someone who is blind or deaf parents a newborn, there's a lot of information in here. Parents that are in wheelchairs that have their own specific struggles but still manage to parent beautifully with joy. I know I had a lot of questions about these things and I suppose I never knew who to ask. Maybe I never bothered to ask. Reading this book definitely um, was like holding up a mirror to some of my own judgments. There were some tears. But yeah, this is a beautiful book and I highly recommend that everybody read it because we all deserve to parent with support and dignity no matter what. Eliza Hull is an absolute champion chops, as we would say in my family, and it is my absolute pleasure and joy that she took some time out of her schedule. She's actually away from home when we had this chat, away from the kids, which, as you guys know, has its own stresses. So she made time to chat with me, and I'm super, super grateful. So let's get into it. Editor of We've Got This, musician, author, podcast host, mum, Eliza Hull. Thank you for having me. Okay, what a book, man. I'm a cry at the best of times since becoming a parent. Like everything related to parenthood, babies, children makes me cry, but I had to like keep taking <laughs> breaks. Because <laughs> I'm just hormonal. Do you, do you get that a lot that it elicits an emotional response from people or am I just in the throes of the postpartum period? Uh, I think you are in the throes of it, clearly. <laughs> but no, I think people have reached out just saying that it has really affected them and it's made them think about things they hadn't thought about before. It's made them change their mind. And, you know, especially there's one story in there from an incredible writer. Um, she's uh, disabled and she's Asian and her name's Micheline Lee. And she really speaks to the vulnerability of what it's like to be a disabled parent where she's taking her child to school and he doesn't want to walk to the school gate anymore alongside her. She's a wheelchair user. She just feels that shame that her son is embarrassed to be with her and then she falls out of her wheelchair and again her son doesn't come to assist her. Instead he just looks and looks very embarrassed. And I remember when I read Micheline's piece for the first time and worked with her on that, it really affected me. really couldn't stop crying because I really related to that, just that feeling of shame. And it doesn't come really from internal shame, it actually comes from more feeling like society is looking at you, staring at you and discriminating against you, which creates a lot of internal shame. And one of the things that I think really struck me, even from your story, I assume as an able-bodied person that when someone who is disabled gets pregnant and they go to their you know, their caregivers or their ca- their carers, healthcare people, obstetrician, whatever it is. We just expect that there is support straight away and, we, you know, everyone kind of gets to work and makes a plan. But that certainly kind of wasn't the case. You felt shamed not from strangers in the schoolyard or, you know, or friends of your kids, but from the person that I think is supposed to be there on the yeah. front lines with you fighting for a solution. So tell people about what that experience was like. Yeah, so I have a, a physical disability. It's called Charcot-Marie Tooth and it affects the way I walk. So I, I walk differently and I, I fall over a lot and I have muscle loss and I've had my disability since I was five years old. And I remember 
I was seeing my neurologist all through my life. So he really became a you know, family connection that we relied on and trusted. And I was, had, you know, just met the love of my life and was so excited to think about having a family. And I went to see him and just tell him that we're thinking about having a child. Is there any advice that you can give us or any tips on ways that I can adapt in being the parent that I want to be? And what he provided was not advice at all or tips. It was just really discrimination. He said that I shouldn't be a parent. He didn't think that I'd be able to manage. He questioned my ability and said, you know, what if you fall over? How will you do it? You know, have you thought about other options? And really made me feel very vulnerable. And I felt a lot of shame. And remember just feeling like, okay, maybe he's right. Maybe I can't be a parent. What was I thinking? And luckily I have a very supportive, incredible partner who just said, no, that's like you, you can be a parent and we really should start a family and don't listen to that advice. Luckily I didn't. And I now have two incredible children that have made my life so much richer. And yes, I do parent differently. And I adapt in the way that I parent, but I think when you're disabled and you have to navigate a very inaccessible world constantly, a world that's not built for you, you already have those skills to be adaptable and flexible and a great problem solver and creative. And I think that all parenting requires that. So I actually really see my disability as a strength. And I think that ultimately what I do is show my kids that it's okay to be different. It's okay to be part of diversity. And ultimately my daughter is such a beautiful and kind child that recently her teacher just said, she's really the most kindest child in the class and always looks out for people. And I think that that again is just a real positive of having a parent with a disability. We all go into parenthood for the first time feeling utterly unprepared, like we can't do it and we have to figure out our own ways of what parenthood looks like, right? I had to do that as an able-bodied person. You've had to do that as a disabled person. So what are some of those adaptations that you've had to make that you're really proud of or ways that you've had to get creative about how to just make it work? Yeah, because of having a physical disability, I, I'm ultimately everything that I do, I'm always thinking, how are we going to do this in a way that's safe? And so, you know, for instance, with my, I've got a seven-year-old now and a two-year-old. And when my two-year-old, whose name's Archie, wasn't walking um, or was just, you know, starting to learn how to move and walk, instead of carrying him down the stairs, um, we would just sit down on the stairs and go one by one together and just do it in a really safe way. In terms of when they were babies and getting them out of the car, I would push up against the car and lean and just have the car take my balance so that I couldn't fall and then get my baby out of the car. So I'm leaning um, up against the car and then put them into the pram safely. I would use, uh, it's like an adaptive bath. So when they're babies, you can put them into a little kind of capsule and sit them in the bath safely because even though my disability is more visible in terms of the way that I walk and my legs, it affects my whole body. And so it affects my hands and I sometimes have shaky hands and um, low muscle strength in my hands. So yeah, it was just, again, just a, a way to safely bath my baby by using that adaptive technology. And there, there are some really great ways that parents adapt and show 
just how incredibly great they are at problem solving. And this book really shows that in, in spades. You know, there's two parents that are blind that use, you know, little veterinary syringes to be able to mix the exact amount of formula or use certain um, technology again to measure out formula. It's so important and it's stuff that I take for granted but that I still struggle with. Like in the middle of the night when I'm getting up as someone who can see perfectly and it's 2 a.m. and I'm so – and you're so tired. As you know, you've done it twice. And you're like, oh, you're not – you know. And I think that's one of the big things for me is I realised that not only with all the adaptations but just how much more awareness there has to be in so many – of the way that you have to approach parenting for so many different kinds of, of different people, I was just amazed. Like th- there is no kind of, well, I'm just tired, so I'm going to do a half-assed job because for so many people that's just not an option. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There are so many different stories reflected in this book, which I absolutely love. And I think at first we might think, you know, as one of the kind of reasons you made this book is when you got pregnant, there was no literature out there for someone like you. You, You'd think, okay, well, I'm going to go and I'm going to read lots of stories about people like me who have had kids and I'm going to get some tips. But there was nothing. So the assumption might be that this book is for disabled people, but certainly I've gotten so much out of it. So when you look at all the different takeaways for this book, what is the thing that you hope that people are going to learn? What's the big takeaway that you want to kind of put out into the world? Yeah, I think ultimately what you're saying is so spot on. Like it really was a book for people with disability that, you know, have been told that they shouldn't be a parent or can't be a parent. And I guess it really was that representation that I was seeking and just there was absolutely nothing out there. And when I did look online, it was often the narrative of like, if you are a parent with disability, that's going to be a big problem for your children. That's going to be a burden for your children to take on that load. And this book shows that children don't take on an extra load by having a parent with a disability. Children learn to be caring, kind kids. And if they do take on any of the caring responsibilities, what's wrong with that actually like I think that that really is a good thing for children to learn that it's it's a good thing to care for people there's already so much doubt that comes with entering into parenthood so how did that actually feel for you as someone who was first wanting to plan pregnancy and think about what it could look like and then pregnant how did that feel and how did you overcome that self-doubt that we all have at the best of times it's compounded by professionals perhaps people around you I don't know who in your community if there were other people in your kind of surroundings who were unsupportive but how do you approach that and come out of it yeah it's hard like I'm not gonna lie and say that it was you know easy and that I never doubted my ability to parent I did and I think that having a neurologist like I did where you just completely discriminated against and told that you can't 
by someone that you really trust, like a medical professional, it's really hard to just then believe that you can. But I think having, you know, I grew up in a family where, you know, I wasn't treated any different to my sibling and I was expected to, you know, live a life where I could do what I wanted. So I think that having that foundation is important. Also just having an incredible supportive partner who just said, there's no way that, you, you know, you can't parent, you really should. But I, I truly hope that this book reaches where it really needs to reach. And that is the medical space, because this book shows that still today, doctors, maternal health nurses, maternity wards are still discriminating parents with a disability social workers are often just straight away called when uh, a parent with a disability has a child. Children are still being forcibly removed from their parents, especially if two parents are blind or parents have an intellectual disability. And parenting is scary and parenting, you don't really get a book on how to be a parent. And when you have an intellectual disability, there are added complexities in yet there is still no support in place to assist and educate parents with an intellectual disability to look after their kids and have that support in place so that children can stay with their parents. Instead, parents are just being discriminated against. And that is really what I want to see change. I want those spaces to read this book and realise that we can parent and that we have a right to parent just like any other person and that ultimately we've got this. Any good piece of art should kind of hold up a mirror, right, and force you to examine yourself. And that's something that I was quite ashamed of in myself when I did read this book, especially the um, story about the parents who had intellectual disabilities and child protection was called against their will and they were really kind of put in a system that was setting them up to fail. Like they really felt like they had to, they had to get legal advice, they had to do so much just to prove that they were they were capable and I think it really forced me to examine my own beliefs around people with intellectual disabilities and perhaps there was part of me that thought well of course they can't raise their children and then reading that story I was so ashamed of myself and put myself in their shoes and I thought having Buddy is the biggest joy of my life right he's my child he's he's half me and half the person I love who am I to bring my bias my uneducation my you know I was really upset by that I think it's the biggest belief in society around parenting with disability is that the stigma that comes with being a parent with intellectual disability. But actually, the more that I have reached out to parents with intellectual disability and gone into these homes, these families are absolutely thriving. And there is so much love in these homes. And the parents in this book, I mean, their child who I've met many times is again just thriving at school and they're a very very happy family and I think there are situations where it is unsafe for a child to stay with their parent but that happens in community in all different spaces in families that don't have a parent with a disability so I'm not saying it's always the case that children belong with parents but that is again in all different spaces but ultimately children do belong with their parents if it's safe. And I think that we've really got to check our bias when it comes to parents with intellectual disability. Absolutely, absolutely. One thing that also came up in a lot of these stories was that some of these disabilities are genetic, right? They can be passed on from parent to child. And there were so many different experiences with A, fears around passing it on, B, 
being okay with passing it on because for so many people, and rightly so, they don't see disability as a deficit. But then also, once again, like you've already touched on, like health providers being kind of relieved when something isn't passed on or really just being so insensitive around it. Like I'm reading it thinking, I don't work in that space and surely it's obvious to me that this is the wrong approach. So can you speak to that a little bit and how this is kind of approached in the book? Because that's something that, you know, because it's not my experience, I can't kind of imagine what that would feel like to have the potential to pass something on. But really... For most of these people, they've lived perfectly full lives. I'll put this in a really simple form, but could you imagine if, you know, you're having an ultrasound, Ash, and then someone was like, oh, your child, you know, I'm just making this up, but your child has your nose. And they're like, oh, that's, that's a real problem. And is there any way that you might consider terminating your baby? Like, I'm just saying this in a really simple way. You've got a gorgeous nose, by the way. (laughs) And he does have my nose, thank you. (laughs) So good. Ultimately, it's saying to you that your child is like you and that's a problem. And it really, really hurts. Because, you know, as a disabled person, you've potentially had your disability. I've had my disability since I was five years old. I understand it through and through. I understand the complexities, the barriers, the hard stuff, and the really good stuff. Like my disability, whilst the world is inaccessible, it's honestly been such a great thing for my life. It's actually helped me. I'm a singer and I I think I sing differently because of it. I write more, you know, certain songs that evoke certain emotion. I play the keyboard differently. I play the keys differently because of my disability. And I... Feel like I have stories to share and I want to change the way that disabled people are represented and so I see my disability as something that is very positive and I have the chance a 50% chance of passing my disability on to my child and I'm not going to say it was a easy decision because again I know what it's like to live in an inaccessible world. I know what the barriers are like, but ultimately I chose to have children because my disability is something that I wouldn't change. And I feel like I have the lived experience to really make that decision. And I'm not ashamed of who I am. And I won't be ashamed of whoever my children are. And again, diversity is what makes the world beautiful. And I think that that is the way that in this book, it is shown that we have that choice and it's our decision ultimately and disability is not a deficit and it's not a bad thing and it's not something that we need to get rid of. In what way do you think disability makes you a better parent? I think that it shows my children that it's okay to be different, it's okay to be diverse and even if you are different it's good to celebrate that and be proud of who you are. I think it shows my children that I am creative in the way that I parent and I'm a great problem solver. As I said, you know, I adapt in the way that I move in the world and therefore parent. And I think by having a disability and speaking about disability, having representation in our home and sharing the experiences of my experiences as a disabled person, but also the experiences of others with disability, My children are now very kind, open and, yeah, willing to step in and see disability as great and not as a problem. 
And that's what we all want for our kids, right? We're all trying to raise kind, open, loving, understanding kids. Absolutely. Amazing. Babe, I love this book so much and I can't encourage everyone listening more. I can't put my English together today. I can't encourage them more strongly to get their hands on We've Got This, edited by Eliza Hull. And, of course, you've done your podcast. Speaking to all of these people as well, I'll put links to that in the episode notes, mate. You're a legend. Thank you for writing this. Oh, thank you so much. Big, big, big love and many thanks to Eliza for making time to chat today. Eyes are definitely opened and I certainly have a new perspective on some things. Get the book. We've got this. It's out now and make sure you follow and support Eliza's music. You can find it on Spotify or Apple Music or wherever you get your music at Eliza Hull. Big thanks to this week's sponsor, Cars24. Skip the dealership and get a quality used car online with Cars24. 